Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts. to another podcast of the scotchy bourbon boys tiny here tonight uh on on my own again here and tonight we are talking about ndps and also uh distillers who you who source who sourced uh whiskey and bourbon to start their brand so we're gonna go a little bit into that but in the meantime um i'm tiny scotchy bourbon boys we podcast uh twice a week uh live here on facebook youtube and uh check us out uh 8 30 p.m eastern daylight time uh most tuesdays and thursdays if i'm not going to be podcasting or going live i'll let everybody know but for the most part that we're here uh we've had a little bit of a discussion tonight i want to get to this as fast as i as i can so i'll go through all the other stuff uh First, uh, but we've uh, the Facebook on this uh, has been pretty intel, uh, you know, has been pretty intense. We've got uh, we have had Ross Cornelison, we've had uh, Macaulay Mitten chime in, we've had Greg Schneider chime in. So tonight, this is going to be a pretty fun podcast. I've got right now um, the uh, Macaulay's Dark Arts, uh, the the French Oak Staves uh, from the specific forest in france but i'm not going to try and say it again i already messed that up enough and then we also have ed Bly. uh he's here and uh he definitely uh is an ndp he just put out old stubborn a fantastic uh, weeded bourbon 
And everybody does it a little bit different, so we'll get into that. But uh, remember, www.scotchybourbonboys.com for all things Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Glenn Cairns, T-shirts. Check it out. Uh, All the bios on all of us, you know, all our podcasts. Tonight I'm on my own, but a lot of times we've got Supernatch. We've got CT, Whiskey, Roxy, myself. Uh, We are going to be going down to New Orleans Bourbon Festival, so you can see us there. Uh, the 20th through the 24th, we're going to fly in on Wednesday, fly out on Sunday, but we will be down there covering it. Um, we just was talking to Tracy today about uh, getting the media passes, but we are going to cover this. We are going to do all the stuff that's down there uh, and experience New Orleans. I'm looking forward to that. That's March 20th through the 24th. Uh, we've got uh, also, uh, we are on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and X. Uh, check us out on there. Uh, like I said, we're live on YouTube and Facebook tonight. Uh, welcome, everybody. And then also uh, check us out on all the podcasts. Uh, if you can listen to it, ask Alexa, ask, um, you know, ask Google, ask uh, Siri, uh to play the Scotchy Bourbon Boys Apple Podcasts. It'll play on Spotify. It plays on iHeart. It doesn't. If you got a, a podcast, uh, you know, app, it's gonna. Be, we're we're there. So check us out. But leave us really, 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 really good feedback, please. I've been asking for people to leave feedback. So anybody's watching, if you're just and you listen on Apple or iHeart or everything, you know, just go back and uh, give us some feedback. But it's even going right now. We've got uh, (laughs) so we've got a lot to talk about tonight. But also, um, I'd like to welcome Rosewood Urban uh, to the podcast uh, as far as one of our sponsors jason giles a great guy working out the details right now we should have um you know voice i'm gonna offer up voiceovers he's got stuff you're gonna see stuff updating the website and everything but rosewood bourbon we are excited because that is one uh one bourbon i like so samples are coming up we're gonna be podcasting about it we'll have jason on but we'll also be uh, promoting Rosewood Bourbon there too. Um, and we have one sponsorship left, so if anybody out there is interested in the last sponsorship, that's great. Um, you know, we love to promote everything, especially the the bourbon that we drink or the whiskey that we're drinking. We absolutely love it. We promote other. Uh, other brands, I would say one of our favorites with Greg Schneider, Chicken Cock, and then also Macaulay Mittens on tonight and the Dark Arts. So I, I love uh, good good whiskey, good bourbon, and we are going to promote it, but not quite the way that, you know, with the with the ads put in and everything and more on a professional level. But uh, welcome, Jason, and I can't wait to get going with that. And then also... Uh, <laughs> Tonight, NDP, non-distilling producers. Uh, So what is an NDP? Okay, so what it comes down to is it's uh, a lot of times companies, brands can pick up that. Um, I'm just a valid question. If it mattered, would you ever have to ask the truth? It's just marketing. Uh, So we've got a discussion between Ed McCauley and then also Greg Schneider. Uh, there's transparency involved uh, in NDPs. There's non-transparency involved. There's uh, 
you know, because sometimes if they get the if so, an NDP is somebody who basically buys the whiskey and then is responsible for what happens to it afterwards. They basically then can age it longer. They can uh, take it. They they could buy it, take it to a different state. A lot of times they buy in Indiana, Kentucky, and then uh, just like Rosewood, they take it down to Texas and put, put it eight, nine months, a year in the heat down in Texas in the same barrel. They could do it in a finishing barrel. They could take that or they can age it longer in the same barrel. I mean, you could buy it at six years and age it to 10. Um, there's, uh, you know, it's just so many different things that you can do with the whiskey once you purchase it. And it's become very, very popular uh, recently because there was a lot of whiskey initially, um, MGP, uh, there's a lot of, and now there's places that you can also, uh, (laughs) you can contract to still, but in the meantime, purchase barrels, make your brand and then start supplementing in what you distilled through the contract, eventually you have your own brand. That's one way. Now, that's not a non-distilling producer. That person, uh, you know, okay, that's a different version because you're contract distilling. Um, So you're not actually doing the distilling, but you work with the person, and that's what, you know, and then... You basically make the brand and it's been distilled, but it was distilled for you. Or the NDP, the pure NDP, in my opinion, they're both versions of it. Uh, you can you can just buy it from wherever. Uh, there's a lot of different places that sell whiskey barrels uh, that they have for sale on the market. Uh, aged whiskey costs more. A lot of the NDP's price range is on the plus side of fifty dollars. Um, usually, maybe even the plus side of sixty. A lot of it's fifty nine ninety nine, sixty nine ninety nine, seventy nine ninety nine, right around in that range. And that's based off of yes, they have to buy it. They basically bring it in, then they got to bottle it. And they've got to market and sell it as a brand. So this, when you're having someone else either distill it for you or you're buying it already from a stock that's been aged, there's a lot of cost involved opposed to a distillery that's distilling for themselves, aging for themselves and putting out. There's no middleman, no secondary market. It's just one company making the the whiskey. But... What's happened is that when I first got into this in 2019, there was a there was some NDPs, uh, but they were just kind of starting. Uh, I will give you Old Carter, one of my favorite. Um, they were on the market and uh, and just uh, with and then also can I believe Kentucky Owl uh, is also another uh, NDP. Um, they are building a distillery, but at the same time, uh, they basically have contract distilled, and then they were also purchasing uh, barrels. Uh, MGP is one of the biggest one. Uh, yes, uh, James Jacob says uh, Artsound Bourbon Company, and then uh, uh, Whiskey House of Kentucky 
think it, I think that's what it's I remember. They're going in in Elizabethtown. So that is going to be another one. Green River is contract distilling. So there's a lot of different places that are contract distilling. And then also there's a lot of NDPs who are basically buying it from uh, MGP already aged. And that's when you go in, and that's similar to what Macaulay was talking about. He goes in there, he buys barrels that he feels that he wants and whatever, brings them back to the Dark Arts Whiskey House in Lexington, uh, ages them further, puts them in finishing barrels, and then when they're ready, he bottles them. He just came out with his line. Uh, I believe it was right at the beginning of October because we were there and he was just starting to sell at, uh, he was tasting at the um, bourbon on the banks and then started to sell from there. So um, stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, bar and girl fans. It's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! There's so many different ways an NDP can function. I mean, Buzzard's Roost is one. Uh, they basically are buying the their their contract. You know, they buy the distillate, and they're also contract distilling now. Um, there are some people who contract distill who are never going to distill for themselves. Now we know that um, to get a DSP, you have to have a still. And you have to pr- produce a certain amount on that still. So the DSP is important in uh, the, your state because then you're a distiller and then rules are different with the DSP. So, um, but the NDPs usually, unless they get a DSP, when they get a DSP, they become distillers, but they're still, I, I mean, it gets, it gets tricky here. I, I mean, you're looking at uh, Greg Schneider's brand, which is fantastic, um, Chicken Cock Whiskey. We've been a, a part of this from the start. Some of the stuff that he has um, put out um, it was definitely, uh, they bought barrels from different distilleries, uh, uh, different places. Um, Cotton Club was pulled out of uh, barrels uh, from uh, 20-year-old whiskey in Canada. And they basically put that out. And then there's all the different ones and there's different finishes. And the double oak was some light whiskey. I believe that's what it was. Or whiskey that was uh, uh, distilled as bourbon but put into used barrels during the barrel shortage. They purchased it and then he took it and put it in brand new charred oak barrels to finish it and double oak it, but it's a double oak whiskey uh, because of the fact that it was uh, aged initially in used barrels. So there's so much that you can do as an NDP. I, I mean, there and, and the world is open to you. Um, just because you're 
buying from MGP and you're putting it there, that doesn't mean you have to stick with MGP. If you find barrels from somewhere else, for instance, uh, we know that uh, Ed uh, with Old Stubborn, uh, the whiskey that he used is a 12 and 13 year old whiskey and it was um a weeded pot still and he basically did the blend for that and put that out and this old stubborn was uh just out there and the the batches sold out i mean it's a cool bottle they do the packaging he's got the brand and you know those are the kind of stuff you know, that's the kind of stuff that just uh, makes everything really cool as far as what you're tasting. Now, okay, some people say, don't make my own whiskey. We hire another distillery to make our whiskey. Right. And that is a different, yes, yes. There is no doubt that contract distilling, when you contract it and then the distiller uh, like Greg Schneider goes there, they are distilling the brand. The brand actually has a master distiller. Actually, the almost three, you got Nick Smith and you've got um, Steve Nally there, and you've got people overlooking the process and, and putting their heads together to produce really, really good whiskey. It's just that it's been contract distilled through and um, you didn't, Actually, the DSP is about having a distillery. <laughs> it's just about um, you've actually got a distillery. That is definitely a great point in what we're doing here. It's different. Uh, remember, but you taught my barrel maturation. Oh, where did you some? Okay, so Greg Schneider. That's there. You go. Um, and and uh, I mean, and then. Greg Schneider, he basically takes that new make and buys the barrels. And in in the case of Chicken Cock right now, it's getting ready to come to market soon. He basically made the barrels. Uh, <laughs> he picked out the staves. He showed the company uh, how to, you know, get up off the ground. Really kind of um, Greg Schneider was uh, the head of uh, Seagram's. Uh, Cooperage, uh, he ran the the Cooperage at the um, I believe it was not it wasn't the old Forster. Why am I having a problem with it was, yeah for Seagrams there? I believe for eight years, right, Greg? So you know what what you are as an NDP. There's some people that are going out and buying really good whiskey. Some people are going out and buying the MGP, but it really comes down to then. Once you have that whiskey, to understand what you're going to do to it, or do not it, with it, Brown Foreman, thank you. I was having a mental black. <laughs> Bluegrass Cooperage, yes. And, and he ran the Cooperage. So an NDP means a lot of things. Uh, it's kind of like, it's just draws a line into that. You're just, it's describing that you're not actually, um, um, distilling at the distillery 
for your brand, and that's just for your brand. You could do different brands at one distillery, but those are owned by the distillery where this is. Um, uh, but, you know, Bardstown Bourbon Company was created to be able to have people like Greg Schneider with um, his his uh, company, Grain and Barrel Spirits, and they are able to, through, hire a master distiller uh, and then produce some good whiskey along with <laughs> purchasing whiskey as you go about, you know, go about, uh, you know, you go about the process to bring the brand back from, uh, you know, it was, it was gone for all practical purposes and it's a great brand and Greg and that, and, um, Monty have done a great job bringing back that brand. So um, this is why right now the non, the NDPs out there are so plentiful because you've got these people that in the, in the back in the day, it would have been almost impossible to do this. You had, um, to start your own brand. I mean, this is what we're doing in this whiskey boom. There's a demand for it. Um, there's a lot of people who don't have millions and millions of dollars to build a distillery. And you still need a decent amount of backing. And But you can bring a brand back faster than you used to be able to because of the fact that you purchased these barrels you can blend them, you get them, uh, you know the mash bill of what you purchased, and then you can start distilling it to match it, or you have a you have to have a direction, you have to have the right people, you have to have a skill, you have to have a palette, you have to have everything, plus you have to have marketers to sell it. But what what the one thing that I see happening right now in the industry, and there are so many good NDPs out there that it's starting to get crowded on the shelf. So let's go through. Old Carter, Buzzard's Roost, Backbone right there, Penelope, Old Louisville. We've got Dark Arts. We've got Broken Barrel. We've got Smoke Wagon. We've got Stellum. There's also Blue Note. There's also uh, the other one is... Uh, it's Blue Note and, oh, my gosh, and Blue Run. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, these different places. And I think there's one more out there uh, that I had up there. And then there was the places like OKI, which was New Riff. Um, and then they started, they built the distillery. And then once New Riff was, was finished, they basically canceled OKI, but somebody wanted it, and then OKI was brought back because they sold the brand, and that brand is Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, made up of Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana whiskey to make for the blend. So there's just, it's just, it's almost overwhelming. And what I found, like in the state of Ohio, when I first started uh, looking at the whiskey shelf, back in 2018 and it was kind of you know there wasn't three quarters of a wall made up of jim beam jack daniels bookers would show up knob creek was there it was the buffalo trace products if they could make it uh weather special reserve 
and Weller um, 107 would go on the shelf there too. And then there wasn't, at the time, there was no rabbit hole or whatever. But anyways, there's so much more whiskey on that shelf right now. And I'm going to say, if the people in the, like, for going into the state of Ohio, if you don't do your due diligence right now and you get on the shelf in the state of Ohio, that doesn't mean you're going to sell because there's so many out there that are recognizable that you're going to lose to unless you're recognizable. So one of the newer ones that we've been going to is Amin. Uh, we went to Old Louisville. That's there. That's a really cool brand. Um, he buys uh, from <laughs> MGP. He gets the stuff. Uh, he puts it in other barrels. He puts it in new barrels. He puts it in used barrels. He's basically moving, uh, checking it, tasting it, bottling it, uh, producing a, a decent uh, whiskey. There's no doubt about it. He just popped up. Penelope, Danny, uh, and uh, Michael there, Danny uh, Polini, uh, he basically, no, not Danny Danny Polesi, Danny Polesi, thank you. Um, he blends, I was with them when they came into, and Penelope has done a really good job in the state of Ohio. They produce a lot. And then um, they got bought by MGP. So now they're not, they're, I do not believe that would be a non-distilling producer. I mean, now the place that produces it Actually, <laughs> oh my God, it's just so complicated. Does that make them a DSP now that they're using MGP bought them because they make the brand? So it obviously is a DSP because that's what MGP is. So they were, were a non-distilling producer, got bought by the distillery that was producing for them. So they no longer are. So that is a really unique um way now um the other aspect is is like pursuit united uh when yes they do uh christy they they definitely some ndps also have dsps now the dsps are purchased from what i take it is so that they that the they basically purchase a place put in a small pot still produce the 600 gallons a year that they have to produce it becomes a special release but it also allows them um marketing uh marketing advantages in a state so that they can sell their product uh at different venues and different places that only DSPs are, uh, are only distilling producers are allowed to sell at, for instance, Kentucky Bourbon Festival. So these are like based off of rules. And yes, it's funny because they're NDPs and then they buy the small still and run it. And we have a place like that uh, here in High Bank, in uh, which makes Whiskey War here in Ohio. And they have two, sm they have a, a, a decent pot still at their main restaurant and a smaller pot still. But this allows them to sell their 
NDP product uh, out of their restaurant. It allows them to sell it. Uh, you know, it gets to the to all the different markets, but it also changes how they go about it. Is a DSB Kentucky two twenty thousand sixty eight. Yeah, and uh, that that affords you different things, but overall. I mean, Old Carter is just a fantastic, one of my favorite bourbons and whiskeys. Uh, so there's no doubt about um, that some of the DSPs, we've talked about it, get, or no, some of the NDPs get DSPs to allow them to have different market share uh, throughout the country, let alone just not just Kentucky, but Ohio. The rules are different everywhere, and that's something that, uh, you know, there's sh different shipping rules and whatnot, but in, in a control state like Ohio, um, you know, you want to see some of the stuff hitting. I wish Old Carter was sold here in Ohio. That would be, it's one of my, that would be a dream for me. <laughs> but then like Nulu, uh, that's another one where they're, they have their, D their DSP, but they're also mostly... Uh, we also have a place up in Michigan, which is called Traverse City uh, Stilling Company. They have a small pot still, but they're producing um, a lot of NGP. That's how they fill the shelves. And they're building a full distillery up there, but that's not ready to go. To get that minimum production requirement for a DSP. Now Macaulay's talking to Christy, and I am interested in that uh, that particular one also. Uh, this has been a fantastic evening for the chat on Facebook because having the, the people that we have on, Christy Atkinson's on, uh, she knows Mark Carter um, from Old Carter. Macaulay's on, we're talking dark arts, we're talking chicken cock with Greg Schneider. Um, we are talking all the different ways that whiskey can be made. And, you know, it's like even, even Rosewood. Um, and then it's, then it's really cool where the people who do this come from. Um, you know, Greg Schneider, he has this with the chicken cock whiskey master distiller. He ran a cooperage. He's been, uh, he, he's been retired. He did a consulting, he's consulted. And then he got this. And he's still consulting. It's still a consulting type thing. But at the at the same time, everything that he did and he, what how he worked through the industry and where he's at. Whereas Macaulay, uh, he uh, helped get Wilderness Trail. Uh, one of the it's not, I would say it's not new anymore. It's one I, I Wilderness Trail initially was hitting the shelves in 2018. Uh, they, I do believe this year they're coming out with the, it's either the eight or nine year. So we're talking about, they've been around for a little bit and Macaulay has been a big part of that, but Macaulay, uh, once uh, that they, uh, Shane and, um, Pat have sold, uh, and uh, he basically spun off on his own and he's one of the younger generation, uh, distillers that are out there now he understands distilling uh, but he also pretty much ran their um, single barrel program and was responsible for uh, helping with uh, profile of 
wilderness trail. And then also now that he's doing the dark arts, he's solely responsible for the profile, the purchasing of the barrels and, and whatnot. And, uh, anybody, uh, however he got that up and running, whoever invested into Macaulay, um, they were smart because I really feel that Macaulay's the full package. Uh, you've got, uh, you've got Ed who is basically was running, uh, the large liquor store in the Covington area and became famous for his barrel picks through this, the liquor store. And now, uh, basically has gone out and purchased whiskey and started his old brand, old stubborn. It's something that honestly, I don't think whatever, uh, in 2005, it's something, I don't think the market was ready for it. I don't think people had, I mean, there's a certain amount of the, what the craft distillers have brought to this because there's a lot of pots still out there. There's a lot of, People who like a different flavor profile. I mean, what I find really unique is that I absolutely do not, in general, like MGP 95.5 rye. It's horrible to me. But with that said, you get Macaulay or you get Aaron Harris or you get somebody with a palate that starts uh, also the other person... uh, I will give credit to is at Dayton Barrel Works, Bill Hockett. Uh, he um, has purchased uh, MGP barrels for getting the, um, you know, Dayton Barrel Works brand Rubicon Creek off the ground. But I tasted through a lot of some of his barrels when we did the podcast uh, about a year and a half ago. And honestly, there was 95.5 rye that did not taste bad to me. He had some. I've tasted that same. But if you get the right barrel, I'm a fan. So, But you have to have the right people, right? You have to have the right people, uh, you know, picking. And so when you look at all the stuff, for instance, Pursuit United, which now I believe has a DSP up until last year, they did not, not, they were an NDP. Now they have a DSP. They have their own place in Louisville. Really cool. Ryan and Cecil, but they're, but they are bourbon pursuit. They have their own podcast, two podcasters, uh, who loved, who love bourbon and now have their own brand. That's another aspect of what's going on um brothers of the leaf i i mean there's so much blind i will sign over my company <laughs> macaulay says if you could tell let if you could tell my amberana was a 95.5 blind i will sign over my company and i'm yes and that's the greatest thing about whiskey you need the people to be able to pick out the the barrels, uh, if you're doing an NDP, you got to have the flavor palette there. Somebody who understands what good whiskey is and somebody who understands what the majority of people think are is great whiskey. So you can't please everybody. But what I've been finding is that you got to have the right people, the right marketing, and uh, to for these compete in the NDP market. So right now, I really feel from what I see on the shelves in Ohio, right? Let's just say in the state of Ohio, I can walk in and 
get smoke wagon. Aaron does a great job there. But here in Ohio, um, I try and promote it as much as I can. But pretty much the whole line is there on the shelf any day I want to walk in. And it's it, it's eighty dollars. Um pretty much there's some cheaper, but seventy nine ninety nine for the one. Fifty nine, I think that you know, but they got the uncut, unfiltered, they've got the regular smoke wagon. They usually have a smoke wagon that's associated with either a holiday like the 4th of July or St. Patrick. They've got different ones. And then they got the young smoke wagon, the young bat. Um, so anyways, they've got them all there. Same thing with Penelope. The architect's on the shelf. The uh, posted oak is on the shelf. Those are on the shelf, readily available for you to walk in any time. Now, um, don't tell Greg Schneider's like Amberana finish is absolutely amazing. Do not tell that to CT because CT has not been a fan of Amberana, and it's a, it's it's something that you can't put off. Now, Smoke Wagon Rise are decent, and that, so the thing about Smoke Wagon is, he's pulling all the MGP that he buys, and he's pulling it out to Las Vegas, in the desert, and finishing them there. I mean, it's insane the different places. Just the same thing when when with Rosewood. He's taking it and finishing it in Texas. And it changes it. One, one driving the barrels in a semi- 900 miles or a thousand miles from MGP, it's going to change the whiskey. It's kind of like putting it on a river. <laughs> you put it on a semi for two days, it gets there, let's just say it gets there, and then you age it more, it, it, it changes it, it. It changes it. Um, I don't make my 40 varieties of whiskey expecting everyone to love it all. Yes, I agree, Macaulay. That is exactly the right attitude. You hope that of those 40 varieties, Everybody likes one version or the other. I mean, that's kind of what I'm, you know, what you think. Um, you know, that right there is a really cool statement. I, I mean, I, I, Greg Schneider understands it. I understand it as a podcaster. I do a podcast. I definitely don't expect everybody to love my podcast. <laughs> that's for sure. And, you know, we, we really enjoy Doing the podcast, I want to do this for people who like how I go about doing it and can put up with some mistakes. It's live. It's uncut. I mean, we're raw. And it's the same thing. It's like with whiskey and bourbon. My palate is different than a lot of people's. I understand Macaulay's palate. It's, mine isn't as refined, but there's most of the stuff that I've tasted with Macaulay that he's chosen or said to do this or that is just right in line to what I love. So you find the people that are producing what you love. You know, if you like, you know, that's how this works. Um, but it also comes down to with the NDPs is I think when I look at the shelves these days, the liquor stores are starting to run out of places for the whiskey. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I really feel where I used to not be able to get when Penelope first came out, it was just right off the shelf. You didn't get it. Now it's there. Now that could be because MGP is they're producing more and it's something that's there all the time. 
and it's good so they want it there all the time so that makes um really kind of a cool dynamic but the same thing with smoke wagon here in ohio um barrel craft those those bourbons don't have quite the recognition or the marketing wasn't quite done so that people know what it is now people who love bourbon know what's i don't know too many people in my bourbon groups that don't know what smoke wagon is but that doesn't mean um when you're talking about every liquor store in uh ohio uh that they're going to sell off the bottles because the people that actually love this, it, it also, when it hits that shelf, you have to have people um, who are interested in getting into it and then you have to market. So they recognize what they're buying because that's very important. There's no doubt about recognizing. And when you're, you know, and, and people who get into the NDPs are very, are specific people. Uh, they like everything. Uh, they kind of already did the Buffalo Trace, and they like Buffalo Trace, but they've acquired it. And so now they want to try other different things. And that really has um, what's what, you know, what is going on with this. Uh, I always felt, Greg, that in, since you've been in the state of Ohio, you have kept chicken cock, uh, rye, and bourbon stocked on the shelves um reasonable price it's not up it, it's you know i think it's 50, 59.99 56.99 54.99 so it's been really good that you guys have um uh that's a beauty of tasting no wrong or right yeah he was talking about um pallets but there is no wrong or right but i mean i could tell you one thing i could tell a person who's Burn their palate off, and they love those barrel proofs. But they think uh, eighty proof, you know, bourbon is uh, for girls, is what they say, or whatever. And they make fun of you for liking it, but it really comes down to what you can taste. And it really says they're tasting all those flavors in the barrel proof, but they can't taste the flavors. It tastes watered down and whatever. But if you have a very delicate palate, you sure as heck can taste those flavors in that 80, 84, 86 proof 90. I mean, I had someone uh, complain about Traveler uh, whiskey, uh, which is just released from Buffalo Trace. And it's a 90 proof. And somehow they said, oh, I wish it wasn't 90 proof. I wish it was higher. And I'm just like, you're kidding me. It's just we all have to um, sometimes take a take a step back and think about our livers because <laughs> you can't always do that, you know, that way. So, uh, it's been, Hey, super Nash is there. Uh, he's late to the party, but that's all right. Uh, and Dimmick, a welcome. Uh, okay. What are we talking about? Eh, Macaulay, what that shit sucks. What did I miss? Price is important. I try my best to have a reasonable. Oh, you're talking about the. Ah, I get it. You talked about the traveler. <laughs> I didn't mind it, honestly. I put it up. Uh, but it's a it's a whiskey for uh, Chris Stapleton fans. I mean, I don't know what to say. They're they're gonna love it. That's kind of what they made it for. Uh, I know. Um, you got to make, if you're not a fan of rye and you're a distiller, you better make some good rye because <laughs> that's the way it goes. You, you're, you're, you're distilling. 
So, and the same thing, I really think uh, I liked your rye, Macaulay, uh, what you put out. That was fantastic. Everything that you put out so far, I like. So, it's good to see Anne. Uh, but if everybody, every just a, a, a side note, uh, this Thursday, Anne is going to be on the podcast talking about OHLQ's release of Irish single barrels. Uh, they went over to Ireland, picked, um, I want to say, she said last time it was 22 different uh, single barrels being released throughout the state um, coming up uh, this weekend. It's going to kick it off. So we are excited about that. Um, I, I, there's, I, as far as I'm concerned, I've never seen anything like it. I feel like um, OHLQ was similar to what uh, Mookie Thompson did in Boardwalk Empire when he was uh, going over. To, he went over to Ireland because he couldn't get enough of the whiskey. Uh, you know, so he went right directly to Ireland and took a trip there, and it was really kind of cool. Uh, it's. I felt like that's what Ohio did, bringing back uh, Irish whiskey into the state. Uh, the marketing is fantastic. It is perfect time. We are going to be coming uh, up on St. Patrick's Day. By then, those barrels will have been released. We've got Bua, the brand uh, of um, Pat Burns and Martin Kennedy, both uh, here in the state of Ohio and Columbus. Uh, we will be announcing that, like I said, uh, talking uh, about their Bua brand uh, on, I believe, Sunday. This coming up Sunday, we are going to be doing a morning podcast live on Facebook and YouTube straight from Burns Pub in Columbus area. Uh, so Canadian whiskey in it. As I've been told, I tried it. Not my jam. I'm a huge Chris Stapleton fan, though. Uh, that's what... Uh, you know, Greg Schneider was talking about. Uh, I don't know if it has Canadian whiskey. I don't know what's in it. They keep it quiet, but you know, everybody, but that's another thing. Uh, Macaulay's talking about transparency when it came, comes to Buffalo Trace. They are not transparent, but look what it does. It creates a huge argument of uh, amongst whiskey drinkers about what's in it. And then their main selling point of who they're market actually is is not us it is the chris tableton fans who want to drink whiskey and they are um you know those one-dimensional love to drink it get drunk kind of shoot down the shots whiskey drinkers and there's enough flavor in there for us for some of us to like so uh i didn't have any problem with it uh so you know, that's how it goes. But when you're talking about, we'll get back to the NDPs. I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated and it's funny because you can start off as an NDP and then you can change what you're doing as you go. You could start as uh, pursuit United. Now they are contract distilling, so they don't have their stuff coming, but they are putting down, for the future so that they can eventually use their contract distilled whiskey and bourbon to further the brand. Now with that, they still are an NDP as a contract distiller, even though they're using a distillery to distill for them. So then if you want to take it one step further, you basically put a small still in and you produce the 600 gallons 
uh, that you're supposed to, depending on what state, so that you can get a DSP in the state being a distiller, which then affords you different marketing, uh, you know, uh, advantages over a normal NDP uh, that you're allowed to sell. Let's just say if you have a restaurant, you can sell the, the bottles out of the restaurant. Whereas if you don't have that DSP, you can't when you're ND, an NDP. So there's a lot of different things and a lot of different involvements. And then there are some people who start out NDPs and eventually build their own distilleries and become their own brand and distill their own brand. So those are the lot of different ways that um, NDPs exist. Uh, it's an exciting market. It's over. I believe what's happening is we're getting near the part where anybody can just produce a brand and it can't, it's not going to be able to anymore be average. If it's average, whether you're a craft distiller or an NDP, uh, the cream is going to start rising to the top. So as far as really good whiskey producers, the bubble's not bursting. But we're getting to the point where we're producing so much for the future, and I don't know how it's going to sustain, the market's going to sustain all that whiskey that's being laid down. Now, I could be wrong, but it looks like as of right now that although like all the Buffalo Trace products people chase and all these people are getting into this and you're talking about the collecting aspect, that still is going strong. Um, being bought up by bigger companies, Penelope being bought up by MGP. <sighs> I don't know. Ross asks, does he think that that the bigger companies are going to stop buying the NDPs? And I think, honestly, when you look at it, um, a big company still might take up an NDP if they're doing it properly. Because my my opinion is, is they did the work get there there's a brand already there's marketing people are already buying it and those people uh when you're doing an ndp uh there's a lot of cash flow and um important issues that um you're taking care of that make it difficult and um they're buying marketing intellectual he goes, absolutely. Macaulay doesn't think so. She thinks that they are buying marketing and intellectual property. Yeah, I, I honestly think that if you're doing it right and you put out a brand and it's going well, I, I MGP buying Penelope was kind of an, a, a very unique thing because they're keeping the people that were running. A lot of times they'll just keep them on for the hell of it. But, they're, but from what I've talked to... Danny and Michael, they're keeping them on doing what they're doing because they understand they're taking their product, the MGP um, distillate, and have very good palates and have mixing and blending capabilities that it's just the, the people take that for granted to be able to blend 
and taste and understand what you're tasting and understand your market. It's not an endless supply of those type people. Not just anybody can do it. I mean, even when you talk about um, distillers at a large distillation place, um, yes, there's a lot of, uh, what would you say, um, repetition and consistency that keeps going. But to keep the brand on task, and, and, and Brad Bonds is the one that, that you can – you could taste Jim Beam from 1980, 1970, 1960, and you taste those, and they taste different. So keeping the flavor consistent these days, which is something that Jim Beam would strive for or whatever at a big distillery, is not an easy thing to do, in my opinion. I mean, every single year, the strain of corn might be the same, but the growing season wasn't. And how much corn you get, how much wheat, everything changes. Just like with the barrel, when you chop down trees from one part of the forest and then the other part, the trees, where they grow, make a difference in what the flavor of the barrel is. So, I mean, there's so many different variables when you're making whiskey, and to keep it consistent is a skill. And the same thing, one of the great things about NDPs and why they've I believe why they ex- exploded in the mar- in this bourbon boom is because of their ability from batch to batch to still be good, but they're different and they're special and there's really good batches and there's just okay batches. I mean, you look at Booker's um, consistently being put out; they name it different, but it is a it has a flavor profile. But there are some really good batches and there are some okay batches. And that's just, uh, in my opinion, I think if you're putting out a brand and you're doing really well, that's intriguing to a larger distillery to bring that on and um, get that marketplace. You know, MGP, that market of Penelope with those finishing things, that just made sense for them to get. Now, they've bought... Luxco and they have Kentucky bourbon and and big Kentucky bourbon and they've got Yellowstone and uh, I mean it's just it's crazy what that company is doing but when you're talking about you know Penelope is no longer an NDP so and I guess it some people never want to be anything but an NDP but then they might want to still do their function but pull off that DSP so that they can have some marketing advantages over the other NDPs. I mean, that's it in a nutshell right there, wouldn't you say? Is is there anything else somebody out there wants to ask as far as what we could uh, talk about? There is an analog in brewing industry. If bigger companies see the IP and the brand as a threat. Yeah, but I don't... What... Beer is different, I think, Walker, than whiskey, because I think um, I don't nobody. There's so many breweries and beers compete against each other. But in this bourbon boom and these whiskey companies, they just make it and it sells. Jim, it it doesn't sit on the shelf for any long periods of times. There, there's not up now recently with the NDPs. 
they're kind of on the shelf. I don't see them sitting, but they're on the shelf. It's like they'll make it, and then they'll be off for a week and then come back, or you'll see um, – uh, even with chicken cock, you'll see the stock go down, and then right as it's of like one or two left of the bourbons, then all of a sudden I come back the next week and they've got it stocked again. So I mean, the stuff is moving, but they're not competing really yet. But I see competition happening soon. I mean, look at what happened with Jack Daniels. I mean, they were the they're the number one distribution uh whiskey uh bourbon or you know american whiskey in the world and they were a lot further ahead three years ago than they are now and that's something that everybody is seeing the various mash bills same old present distillery not known as four roses now known as four roses Seagram's always had multiple mash bills, but all the distilleries had the recipes and made them all. <sighs> I guess um, it really comes down to, for brands, it's not so much where it's made. Oh, uh, I mean, when you go to, um, when you come out of, you know, Stitz, the, the old Stitzel Weller right across the street is the Brown Foreman Distillery. Um, and then they have their small distilleries downtown. Uh, but that's, I don't know. I mean, you would like to think that uh, Jack Daniels is only made in uh, Tennessee, but I don't know. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Who was that? Can't keep up with the bottling for my markets. Ah, yeah. It's like, good. Yeah, you should call him Macaulay. Uh, Greg's a great guy, knowledgeable has done a lot. Oh, Mr. So let's just talk real quick. Uh, El Presidente, Randy Prossi, is here with us. Randy Prossi is uh, the president of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Thanks for watching tonight. But we have an announcement. I believe uh, they announced this week the Kentucky Bourbon Festival tickets will go on sale April 17th. So we are looking for that. Everybody, we will be there. Um, hey, <laughs> we're going to be there. There's no doubt about it. And if you want to come party with us at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, you have to get online on April 17th and get your tickets because I really believe this year now that the ball's rolling and what everybody saw last year and what's going to happen this year Last year, the VIPs were just gone. I mean, I don't know. Uh, there's four different selections, but you got to get on and you've got to, you should go and sign up uh, and become uh, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival partner so that you get the email about the pre sale. You want to do that. So you definitely want to get online and get. VIP the VIPs are just fantastic. It's the, the VIP experience at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival is unlike any other uh experience there is. Uh I was talking with Randy um in November they are going to be upping the podcasting ability at the festival, the media tent they've got. Uh, I mean what's going to be there and the improvements and how many distilleries. I mean, I don't know what to say, but 
three days, you pick up those tickets, and you have 52, 51, 52, 53 distilleries, plus their special pours, plus VIP drink mixes. Everything's there. It's crazy. It really is. You want to get there and come down and see the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. So everybody out there, make sure that you get your tickets early this year because I don't think it's going to – last year sold pretty good, and and it was sold out, uh, I believe, in early August or mid-August. But I think this year it could sell out almost right away. Wait until this year. Larger floor with carpet, glass, walls, and a full-length porch. I mean, I'm just, it's going to be wild. Can't wait for that to happen. I'm hoping uh, Macaulay just talks to you, Randy, and gets in there too. But anyways, with that all said, um, uh, it's just like uh, I'm super, super, super excited for the Kentucky Bourbon Festival this year. And then also remember, uh, I mean, uh, there's going to be, I think, above 20 barrel picks this year. Uh, We are excited about that. Uh, I'm hoping to get on uh, a couple of them. I'm hoping that uh, Chicken Cock uh, does a barrel pick. So if I could get on that, I'm, I'm trying to get on whatever Kentucky Bourbon Festival barrel pick me and CT and uh, Super Nash uh, are available. Uh, Randy knows that. And also Stacy knows that also. And we are psyched for this year. There's no doubt about it. So uh, he's yeah, close to 30 barrel picks now. And it just could. It, I mean, if you're if you're a distillery and you got your DSP, um, you're going to you want to have a barrel pick there because this is where you get, you know, 6,500 of the most prestigious bourbon drinkers in the world. And uh, it's so much fun. It's just so much fun. Yeah. And then uh, Tyler Rothenberg uh, for Chicken Cock Whiskey. Welcome back, Tyler. Um, And then also um, in March, I believe March 14th, we're going to have Greg Schneider on the podcast. And then Randy, um, you got to contact me about coming on the podcast. What time, when you want to come on. I'm going to, you could probably contact me. In New Orleans, when we're down at the New Orleans Bourbon Festival, we could talk about because uh, you're talking about then when you come back, we probably should do it about two weeks away from the release. So early April would be great to have you on the podcast. Um, and then also, uh, Macaulay, I'm just working out details and everything. Would love to have you on a Zoom podcast also. So um, greatly appreciate everybody. Uh, the Thursday and going to be on talking about the Irish whiskey in Ohio, which is going to be amazing. Um, once again, uh, this has been, yeah, I, I believe Greg Schneider is going to be down in new Orleans too. Uh, my goal is to stay sober as much as I possibly can so that I could talk to everybody who's down there that I know, um, I, you know, when we're down there and we're working, um, that's one of the things when we're doing a festival, the only thing that I miss from time to time is that I 
have guests on the podcast. We podcast live from festivals. We do all the interviews, but it's like when you're dealing with 50 some distilleries, like you do at Kentucky bourbon festival, you miss people. Now, one of the cool things is, is that we bring super natural be in new Orleans. And so will whiskey myself and Roxy. So we'll all be down there and we'll cover it the best we can for everybody. So this should be a blast. And the same thing with Kentucky bourbon festival. I mean, I think sometimes I only see uh, Randy like three, four times during that that period, and I really don't see him till after <laughs> because uh, it's a busy time for everybody. So I'm looking forward to this year immensely. All right, everybody. Um, with that said, uh, someone saying New Orleans is the best in the country. Can't beat the snacks and water. Yeah. I will, I'll put it up, but I I just, uh, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival just has a certain aspect so far of as it goes, but um, I'm interested. I really want to get down there and do the New Orleans also, because um, when you're talking about Bourbon Street as the venue after, um, I mean, I don't, if anybody's been down there, or if you haven't, you got to get down there because partying on Bourbon Street, I'm going to be headed over to the old Absinthe uh, bar. So that that's that definitely will be where I'm headed afterwards. And then uh, Martin Duffy's going to be there too. And so supposedly this is going to be a wild party. So with that said, um, I hope everybody listening that they understand what an NDP is now, um, all the different finesses that happen with it and how it can uh, start a brand. It can maintain a brand and then also it can uh, uh, evolve the brand. I mean, there's just, it's just a way to that. I think in this time period it's being used the best it possibly can be used uh when it comes to the consumer and all of our choices oh that'll be great to see you there super nash you can't uh, it's going to be great um with that said all right um we're the scotchy bourbon boys thanks everybody um shout out to macaulay um, Mr. Schneider, Randy Prassy, our president, uh, Super Nash, and Ross Cornelison, master distiller at uh, Barton's. I mean, uh, and Dimmick, thank you all for watching. Uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, it's been a super podcast. And can't wait uh, to see you all because uh, we're the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, www.scotchybourbonboys.com for all your Scotchy Bourbon Boys merchandise. And then also, uh, we're on all the major podcast formats, uh, iHeart, uh, Apple, Spotify. Uh, Just check us out there. Please go there and leave good feedback for us. Uh, Leave uh, comments. Uh, That helps us. And as far as our exposure, thank you to rosewood bourbon and jason giles for coming on as our new sponsor thank you to the spirit of french lick and then also alan bishop have fun in pennsylvania and we are on all the social media facebook instagram youtube and x check us out there 
Remember, good bourbon equals good friends and good times. Drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive and live your life dangerously. Good night, everybody. Little Steve-O will take us out. Oh, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask what. Oh, don't ask what. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask what. Oh, don't ask what. For if we don't find the next whiskey bar, I tell you we must die. I tell you we must die. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you we must die. Oh. Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts.